Welcome to the Tom Slupsky Real Estate Show. Tom is a real estate agent licensed in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. Find him online at tomslupsky.results.net. Now, here's Tom Slupsky. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining me. Joining me today is Bryce Garns, who owns Farmers Insurance Agency in the Twin Cities. Thank you for joining me today, Bryce. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me on the show today. My pleasure. And with me, as always, is the producer here at Minnesota Podcasting, Marshall Saunders. Hi, Tom. It's great to see you. Uh, Bryce, Tom tells me that you've been in real estate quite a bit. What is your history? It sounded like you did some lending as well. Yeah, so I've been in the, uh, I call it financial services uh, industry for almost 40 years. I uh, have been in the mortgage business for quite a long time, and now I'm, uh, for the last six years, have uh, owned my own farmer's insurance agency. So I've been on the mortgage side of the uh, the transactions. I'm currently on the insurance side, uh, owning an, an insurance agency, farmer's insurance agency. What made you decide to get into the insurance business? That's a great question. I was in the, I was in the mortgage business for a long time, uh, starting out originating. I've owned my own mortgage company in the past uh, in the Twin Cities. I've worked outstate, uh, running mortgage, uh, essentially worked my way up through management to becoming a regional mortgage sales manager. A lot of consolidation going on in those industries. Uh, I was getting a little tired of looking over my shoulder all the time, mm-hmm. so I decided uh, it would be fun to try something different. Uh, I was given the opportunity to get into the insurance industry and own my own agency, so becoming a small business owner was very appealing to me. I have total control of my destiny. I get to work with my daughter, Courtney, who works in my agency, and uh, the two of us have been doing this together for about six years now. So, Bryce, it sounded like there was a story behind your uh, home buying experience with Tom. Yeah. Do you want to tell us that? Definitely. Uh, So it was interesting. Uh, My wife and I, when we moved, uh, we lived outstate in Minnesota for a long time. We moved back to the Twin Cities, and we rented for a while because getting involved in owning an insurance agency, I didn't know exactly where it was going to end up. I started out in northeast Minneapolis, ended up in the western, in the Crystal New Hope Golden Valley area where I grew up. But uh, I got to know Tom, and uh, through networking opportunities that we've had together, I learned to trust Tom's advice and chose to choose him when we uh, when we decided to buy a house we were looking for a very specific kind of house. Uh, we both grew up in Ramblers, and we uh, wanted to find a, a Rambler in the northwestern suburbs. And we started looking around, of course, on online, like a lot of people do. We saw some houses that we thought we, we would uh, like to take a look at, and Tom uh, you know, set up, started setting up some showings for us. We thought we had a really nice house uh, in, that, we, that we thought would be perfect for us. We looked at the house, and it had all kinds of issues and turned out not to be one that we were very interested in. But uh, lo and behold, driving there, we passed a house with a for sale sign in front of it, which hmm. was about a block away, and it also had a for sale sign on it. But uh, it turns out the house was no longer on the market. And it's like, oh, man, it's like, I just want to see that house. So Tom, Tom uh, has been in this business long enough that he knows a lot, of, a lot of people in the industry. He happened to know the individual who had that listing, called him up, uh, and even though the house had been taken off the market, uh, the seller agreed to let us see it. He set up a showing, so we went and looked at the house and liked it a lot. We really liked it a lot. We looked at some other houses. We kept coming kept coming back to that and decided we wanted to make an offer on it. Uh, we didn't offer full price, and the seller uh, you know, wasn't sure they even wanted to sell the house by then, so uh, they kind of ignored our offer, and we thought it was gone. We started looking at additional houses, and we looked for another two or three weeks, and 
Lo and behold, Tom comes back to me and says, hey, you know that house you really love? Uh, the seller has thought about it. If you'll counter their offer at this price, uh, you know, you should be able to do that deal. We, we did counter it at that, that uh, price, and we ended up buying the house. That's where I live today. Wow. So, so we wouldn't have been able to do that, if, uh, in my opinion, if Tom didn't have the experience that he has and know the people that he does. Uh, he worked to get us into that house when it was off the market, and he worked behind the scenes after we had uh, thought we lost that house in order to get us uh, into the house that we own today. That's so great. It was, That's a great story. It was a great outcome. We were super happy. We were really excited with where we are, and uh, it's just been a good a good move for us. That's great. And after we completed a transaction, I started to think about how that progressed, and I realized that there's probably half a dozen times a year that I've been able to get a transaction together only because I know the other agent because of time I've been in the business. Well, so both of you are in the real estate industry in different facets and multiple facets over the course of years. The market's kind of weird right now, it seems. It, it seems like it's a beautiful day out today, but it's been kind of weird weather lately, and the market's been kind of quieter than uh, usual at this time of year. And now we have the introduction of weird things in the marketplace like uh, iBuyers. Um, I know that the most popular iBuyers are Open Door and Zillow offers, but there's there's actually kind of a plethora of them in the marketplace. And uh, a lot of the brokerages and a lot of the brands like KW and Remax and, and other brands are coming out with their own specific iBuyer programs. So basically, iBuyers are, are offering what is called a guaranteed offer, right? So what is a guaranteed offer in the fact that they're going to give me, they're going to make an offer on my house? I can accept that or not accept that or what? That's correct. Basically, iBuyer will submit an offer to you. Uh, your house may be on the market or may not be yet. They, you can, they will still submit an offer to you. Uh, they will give you the opportunity three or four days to consider that offer if you want to pursue it or not. But typically speaking, that it's really designed only for those people who need urgency to get out of a house quickly. Because if you think that if your house is worth 300 and you're going to, they may even submit an offer for 300 but some of their selling expenses that are involved in it is going to net you a whole lot less than a traditional sale. Sure. So that's something to, to take in consideration as you're looking at those. And there's been so many of those organizations that popped up. If you haven't bought or sold a house in the last two years, right. the whole market has changed substantially. That's another reason that you need an experienced agent to kind of walk you through the terminology and the trends that's happening out there right now. Mm -hmm. I would be worried if I were a buyer, I was buying a home f directly as a seller from Zillow or Open Door. Uh, some of these large corporations that have tons of legal work, tons of experience behind them, the power of an entire corporation. And I would be really worried about approaching that at, from a buyer's point of view without the help of an agent. Well, exactly. That you, you may not get the representation with those companies that you come to expect with traditional realtor. Right. And sellers can do things that normal consumers when they are represented by an agent, can't do. That's correct. And although I'm 
don't know specifically, it's my understanding that some of these large organizations, they may not even have a licensed realtor in Minnesota. And that they may, because of that, they may not have to abide by some of the laws within Minnesota. Right. Yeah, certainly within, you know, some amount of transactions that they can do. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, so what is the market like right now? Is it kind of quiet or what are well, you seeing? It has been quiet for probably a year or two. The lack of inventory is what you hear mostly. But there's also a variety of reasons for the lack of inventory. I've noticed that just in the, for me personally, just in the past few weeks, there's been an uptick in business, but it's been fairly slow for the last year or two, depending on the price range right. and area, et cetera. Yeah, those lower price ranges go a little bit quicker because there's more buyers in the market. But I know, you know, there's two people around my house that have been sale for several months, and I, I don't see a lot of showings. I don't see a lot of cars driving by, you know, it, it seems pretty slow for them. Exactly. Although just recently, just uh, uh, a few days ago, I had a house for sale that had actually been for sale for maybe three years wow. from, from a different couple of different agents. And I was able to call it luck or whatever it happens to be. I did some extra things to the house, such as it was only priced at around 200 but I still did a drone a viewing of the house mm -hmm. because it was on the lake. And I thought the lake view with the drone would be beautiful. Right. And that sold in less than 30 days. Somehow I don't think luck had much to do with it. Oh, I thank you for that. You're <laughs> modest. <laughs> so, uh, Bryce, what does, uh, what does your average homeowner need to be looking at when they look at different insurance companies? Well, you know, it's an interesting question that you have. And to use the cue from what you guys were just discussing uh, having an advocate and having somebody that you have to represent you, I think, is good. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I look at the competition that I have. That is an online competition. I, I look at Flow and the Gecko, and I wonder, uh, you know, are they really your advocates? Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes there are different price points, and uh, it depends on what you're buying. And if you don't know what you're buying, I can sell you for, you know, I can sell you what you might be buying from them, and maybe for less money, but you really don't know what you're getting. And I think you need somebody to help you navigate the whole insurance buying process so that you get what you need. And when it comes time to uh, file a claim, you know that you're going to be covered. Right. Um, I've had people that have left me because they can find a better price online. And I have one right now that comes back to me. He's seeking advice, my advice, for a claim that he's filing uh, through one of those companies and can't wait till he can come back to me because he knows he made a mistake leaving because he, he just didn't know what he was getting into. Um, there are a lot of different things that may be obvious about a policy, but there's a lot of uh, smaller details that you can lose track of that can cost you a lot of money if you don't know what you've done. You talk about having a realtor be your advocate when you're in a buying and selling situation. I own my own farmer's insurance agency. I, I, I use the farmer's insurance group of companies to place insurance. But I'm uh, at my level. I'm a, a small business owner. I uh, I don't. I'm not corporate, and I'm my client's advocate. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to represent the company, but um, I'm their advocate in a claim situation. So if somebody doesn't think they're getting the right deal, uh, claims wise, I'll step in and help them to get what they feel is right. And and I think Farmers is very good at uh, working in that in that kind of a relationship, and and we have a good outcome uh, most of the time. But uh, if something isn't 
just right and somebody's unhappy, I am my client's advocate in that case. And I think that's important that you have somebody that can step in and help you in those situations. One of the reasons I chose to work with Bryce is from a personal standpoint and a business standpoint is that my previous insurance company, which is quite large, the agent was quite known in the North Metro area. But in all the years that I was insured with him, he never once called or sent me a, a birthday card. Or <laughs> Now, his staff did, but never him. Bryce and I meet quite frequently to discuss a variety of things. And one of the things, after I left with that other company, uh, they called and said that you're not going to get the good, the same insurance level with Bryce and Farmers Insurance that we offer. Hmm. So I contacted Bryce and said, what is with this? This is what I've been told. And your response was? Yeah, it was interesting. Tom's talking about extended replacement cost coverages, and there are multipliers that can be used. If you have a claim and you you exceed the uh, value of the insurance, uh, there are options to have uh, additional coverage. They said that he, that Tom couldn't, his previous company said he couldn't get that from me. Uh, they were the only one that could provide it. Uh, he had a, I believe, a 20% uh, multiplier. Uh, it turns out ours was 25%. So we not only did we have that coverage, we had better coverage, and it was less expensive. Um, so it was interesting that he was getting misinformation from them, and I don't know if that was intentional or just an oversight. What is a 20% multiplier? Is that when... Uh your home is damaged. You can get up to twenty percent. Yeah. Know. So if you have a, if your house is insured at two hundred thousand um, dollars, and you have one hundred twenty-five percent of that uh, available to you uh, as an option for your insurance, uh, you will get an additional twenty-five percent coverage beyond the two hundred thousand. So uh, another fifty thousand dollars available to you if you have a if you have overruns uh, mm-hmm. in your claim, you've got a buffer there of an additional twenty-five percent. But it was interesting, too, that his company told him what they told him when he was canceling in order to bring his business to me. And one of the reasons that I like working with Bryce is that a lot of people buying, their, whether they're buying their first house or their fifth or not even buying at all, they have questions about homeowner's insurance. And they think most people think, well, I want to get the least expensive available. But that isn't necessarily for your best interest. And then Bryce was able to sit down and demonstrate some of the differences between different policies and different companies. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, it's been an interesting summer. Uh, I don't know how many times you guys have gotten hailed on this year, but a lot of my <laughs> clients have gotten some pretty significant hail. And there's different types of coverage that uh, you know you can buy for that. You can have this coverage or you can't. But if you don't know what it is, you know there's there's marring coverage for the metal pieces on your roof. There's different kinds of things that uh, uh, there's limited matching. So if you have you know if you have some shingles that are damaged, do you want just the shingles that are damaged replaced? Uh, but if the color doesn't match, do you want to be able to you know replace the whole side of your roof so that it's not an obvious patch job? There's different. Things that are in, that are can be lost in the details, mm-hmm. and some people have limited matching. Some people don't. Some people have marring coverage. Some people don't. Don't you want to know and make the decision about it before you have a claim and find out that you didn't have it? It's one of those things that may get lost if you don't have somebody that you're talking to that can tell you about those things. And I wouldn't have known that until I talked to Bryce. The one of the biggest situations that I had heard about in the past, and you can explain, is. The difference between replacement and what's the other option? Depreciated value, or the you know the the uh, depreciated value of the uh, of a loss versus replacement cost, and being you know if you've got an old roof and it's 
15 years old and you have to replace it, uh, do you want to have insurance to replace all of it at replacement costs, or do you want to just have insurance that'll pay part of it because you've gotten, you know, 10 years out of or 15 years out of the 25-year life expectancy and it depreciates in value? Do you want to have, uh, you know, what kind of coverage do you want? I guess is is mm-hmm. is that most people would prefer to have replacement cost coverage, but some policies don't, and sometimes an inexpensive policy may not have the kind of coverage you think you have. And you don't know that until you file a claim, and you're disappointed that you <laughs> that you're writing a big check instead of getting it replaced. The other thing that I learned from you, I did not know before, so that somebody couldn't try to scam the insurance company on each shingle. There is a date stamp to tell you. Yeah, shingles actually have dates on them, so you can really? you can typically know what uh, when a shingle was put on. It's an interesting question because we get a lot of questions about that today, and there are there are policies that have restrictions on replacement value. Some policies will, uh, after 15 years, they won't let you have replacement cost value. So 15 years on a shingle because uh, in theory, you've gotten 15 years out of it. Why should you replace, you know, why should I get replacement right. replacement of that? So some policies restrict that. Well, if you buy a house and you're not sure how old that roof is, it's kind of important to know what kind of, you know, the age of your roof uh, in order to make a good decision about what kind of coverage do I want or what kind of policy do I want. So I found out from from our roofers, you know, we have some trusted trusted people that we like to talk to about roofs, and if somebody has a question about a roof, uh, rather than just uh, hire the guy that shows up at your doorstep the day after a hailstorm, you know, we'd rather, we have people that we work with that have been in the business a long time and are going to be around for a long time, so sometimes I'll send uh, one of my trusted advisors out to take a look at a, at a roof. He can go up on the roof and he'll, he's the one that told me that, yeah, each shingle has a date on it. We can tell you how old your roof is. And uh, and I can give you some some good advice about whether you should file a claim or not, whether, you, whether there's damage, whether there's not damage. It's interesting, you know, people are in their neighborhood and all of a sudden a bunch of signs go up around them saying they're getting new roofs. Right. Uh, so they assume that their roof is in need of repair, too. I had an interesting situation this year where we had a guy who owned three houses in the same neighborhood, all on the same block. The hailstorm that came through was severe, but it didn't hit all three of his houses. He had mm. one house where the the roof was totaled. He had another house where there was some damage, and he had another house that had no damage at all, but they were all on the same block. Wow. Uh, so that's how, you know, hail doesn't always... Uh, blanket a whole neighborhood it, sure, come, sure, it can sure. come through in small amounts so um, so having somebody that uh, you know I know the right people that I can have take a look at that and help you decide what's going on the advice I like to give my clients is that if somebody comes to your door and tells you that they can see hail damage on your roof when they're standing in front of your house <laughs> don't believe them they can't tell that until they go up on the house for sure mm-hmm. um, but they'll go through neighborhoods and they'll try and get jobs based on the fact that I can see damage from standing down on the ground. So mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily hire that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may want to have somebody that uh, you trust or somebody that you know in the business or somebody that uh, your agent can refer you to go, on, go up on your roof and take a look and give you an educated opinion as to whether you have damage or not. But ultimately, once you file a claim, you've filed a claim, whether the claim pays out or not. You know, if uh, if you put a if you put a claim out there and have an adjuster go out, it'll go into your record and it can affect your your rates, uh, as most people understand. So let me, let me interrupt you there. There's also I understand just in purchasing a house, there's such a thing as called a clue, C L U E report, 
that if you have too many claims against a property, that even somebody else purchasing that property may have a difficult time. Is that true? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's amazing how much data is available online nowadays. And uh, hail claims and history, you know, people talk about having credit reports. Uh, there are similar types of information out there for insurance claims and for, uh, you know, if you've got, if you're buying a house uh, and you're getting rated for your insurance, um, if your house has had a lot of claims, it could be a situation where you might have more expensive insurance or you may not get insurance at all. So I've, I've had the situation like that where I've had to prove that the types of claims that my client, was, uh, the house that he was buying had had a, a large claim on it, a large water damage claim on it. And, uh, you know, if it you know, if you have a 50 or $75,000 water claim and you sell that house six months later, the, there's going to be questions asked about uh, that house. Is it still a sound house? And what caused that huge water damage claim? Uh, if it's, uh, you know, if the house is leaking all over the place, that's one thing. If it, in my, in this case, the client, my client, somebody had recently installed a pedestal sink and the little hose that goes from the faucet into the wall uh, was dripping. And this person was out of town and it dripped to the point where it damaged, did a lot of damage to a, a very large hardwood floor. It was not a, a, a damage that was done by faulty faulty issues with the house. It was just a, a bad job of connecting a hose that started dripping. Uh, anyway, bottom line was, uh, you know, you can deal with those kinds of situations, and I was able to get insurance for this client, but I had to show that the house didn't have any massive defects that caused this problem. It was simply uh, a, a misinstallation of a, of a supply hose that started dripping. And unfortunately, the client went out of town for a couple of months and it dripped for a couple of months and flooded his whole house. So he had uh, wow. a pretty significant claim. So several years ago, I had a listing that I had sold or it, it had sold. And the mortgage company rejected the new buyer's mortgage because of a clue report Luckily, it turned out to be that they had the wrong address, and it happened to be on the house across the street. <laughs> <laughs> but it had it not been for that, the purchasers of my the listing I had would not have been able to get a mortgage on it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, having I, having come from the mortgage industry and seeing credit reports and being asked questions about that, you know, you talk about what, what ultimately is described sometimes as black box underwriting because there's so much data being fed in from. Uh, what's available online. You know, you've got credit reports, you've got information about the house, you've got information about storm, you know, certain areas of town that have more storms in them other than others, and that could affect your insurance rates. Uh, that's what I deal with today, but, you know, dealing with credit in the past and trying to help people understand what it is where they get a credit ding or what is it, why isn't my credit perfect or what happened here. Uh, it's getting more and more difficult to pinpoint things because there's such a plethora of information available online that can be you know, used to make those kinds of decisions. So, Bryce, how would people get a hold of you? My phone number for my, for my agency, it's uh, the Bryce Scarns Agency. We're Farmers Insurance. 612-746-5893 is my phone number. You can also email me at bscarns, S-K-A-R-N-E-S, at farmersagent.com. Farmersagent.com. Correct. Well, thank you, Bryce, for joining me today, and I look forward to working with you in the future. Tom, it's been a pleasure. I, uh, I appreciate our relationship, and I think we work well together. I appreciate you bringing me on with you today. 
You've been listening to the Tom Slupsky Real Estate Show. Tom Slupsky is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. Tom can be found online at tomslupsky.results.net with Slupsky spelled S-L-U-P-S-K-E. You can also reach Tom via email at tom.slupsky at results.net or by phone at 612-720-2997. The opinions expressed on this show are those of Tom Slupsky and his guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of REMAX Results or Minnesota Podcasting.